But of course, once again, I do ask that if you would please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer before we open the Bible. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the beautiful Sabbath day that we had, for the many blessings that has come about, realized or even not yet. But Lord, I know you desire to bless us so much. You wish to pour heaven's gift upon us, and that is your Holy Spirit. And Father, this evening we are asking for an extra portion of your Spirit as we open your word once again. May you please speak to us, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Please come with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, and our topic for this evening is something greater than the name of Jesus. And in order to understand what is greater than the name of Jesus, I want you to understand how great His name is to begin with. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain He covered His face, and with twain He covered His feet, and with twain He did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I mentioned this in a previous sermon a few nights ago. But friends, when angels that have never sinned, Angels that are perfect, when they cry and call upon the name of the Lord, they cover their faces. And do you know that wherever the Lord is, it is holy? Whether it be in an auditorium like this, whether it be in a little cave in the desert, Wherever God's presence is, it is holy. Amen? And although we are not in holy time right now, I believe we are on holy ground. But wherever the Lord's presence is, it is holy. And I heard once that when the, when the, when the people translated and transcribed the Bible, every time they came across the Lord's name, they had to change their pens. The Lord's name is holy. But how holy is it? Matthew chapter 6, familiar verse, I'm sure to most of us. So I'm going to read it as soon as I get there. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, the Bible says, Our Father, which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. Do you know, I don't know why, but the King James Version just has this ring about it. It's not even holy. It's hallowed. I don't know how much holier that is, but it doesn't that just sound beautiful? I don't know anywhere else in the Bible that it talks about something hallowed except God's name. But how holy is God's name? Well, we're told not to take it, His name in vain. How holy is God's name? Come with me to Acts chapter 4 and verse 10, starting in verse 10. Acts chapter 4 and starting in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Amen. Salvation comes through the name of Jesus. How holy is this name? Friends, it is by this name that we are saved. There is none other name given under heaven whereby man can be saved today. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 to 20, speaking of the Great Commission. Before Jesus went up to heaven, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we are baptized in His name. We are saved by His name. One more, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. How powerful is the name of Jesus? Proverbs 18 verse 10, the Bible says, the name of the Lord is like what? A strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Do you know all the times I was in Taiwan for three and a half years, I was so sad. I never experienced a strong typhoon. It sounds funny, doesn't it? But for some reason, I, I, I'm not, I don't like it because I like people to suffer. I like it because when I see the wind blowing and I'm sitting in my house, I love that feeling. But God's name is much more powerful. Do you know why? Because in that same house that I sat a few weeks ago, an earthquake shook and I was so afraid. I'm glad I'm back in Malaysia. <laughs> But the Lord's name is like a strong tower, friends. You can find refuge in it with every trial and problem you have. Amen? 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 Amen. Maybe you don't call on the name of the Lord enough. But friends, it is this name that saves us. It is this name that we are baptized by. It is this name that we can find refuge. And believe it or not, I believe that is peace as well. And safety. If I could have my next slide. In Christ's Triumphant, page 219, the pen of inspiration writes, Satan trembles and flees before the weakest soul who finds refuge in that mighty name. Amen. Do you know that when I grew up in Malaysia, I was such a scared boy. I was afraid of the dark. And then I would hear these stories from people like Pastor Simon Sue. But these ghost stories. And everyone's like this, and I'm so scared. I would go home, and I'd have to sleep next to my mother's bed on this little red mat that they have there. And they never liked it when I do that, so I had to creep in while they were asleep. But the weakest of people, when they call upon the mighty name of Jesus, the devils flee. Amen? Amen. One more. No sooner is the name of Jesus mentioned in love and tenderness then angels of God draw near to soften and subdue the heart. I believe that you were praying in the name of Jesus this afternoon. I too was very jealous because I had to go home and prepare for this sermon. 
So Chun, I understand how you feel. But friends, you can call on the name of Jesus for anything and for everything. Amen? Amen. In fact, I believe we should learn to make it a habit. Because in the most sudden of accidents, I believe, accidents, you can still call upon his name. I remember a friend that was driving down the road in Virginia where I was studying, and the road was icy. He was taking a few students to D.C. And just as he was coming around, it was, a, it was a two-lane road split in the middle. And he was going down that road, it hit a patch of black ice. Do you know what black ice is? It's the most dangerous of all ice, if I could just pronounce, make it that description. But the car hit the black ice, and it spun to the side and went down into the ditch between the two roads. My friend told me that just as he said that, he cried, just as that happened, he cried out, Lord, help us! And the car skidded safely to a stop. When you look at the story of Peter, when he was in the boat and the storm was blowing around, and they saw Jesus walking on the water, right? They were scared, and then Peter said, if that's you really, Lord... Call me to come out onto the water. And he said, come. And as Peter was walking across that water, he looked around and he saw the wind. And he saw the waves. And then he began to sink. Have you ever tried walking on water? You've never? I have. I was not successful. <laughs> but do you know how fast a man sinks in water? I don't believe Peter was like this. Oh, Lord, save me. I believe he began to drop. But then he remembered he had a savior. His name was Jesus. And he called and cried out to him. And when he called, Jesus was right there. Friends, we can call on God, on our savior, Jesus Christ. When you're in any situation, amen? And God will be there. He will save. He will protect. He will help. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. The Bible is describing a situation that we have voluntarily put ourselves in. How holy and how powerful is God's name? Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your what? Iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Friends. The Bible tells us that God cannot hear a sinner's prayer. Did you know that? That our sins separate us from God. But come with me to Jeremiah 23 and verse 6. Jeremiah 23 and verse 6. The Bible says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called. The Lord, our righteousness. Now I mentioned this to my sanctuary class students. Excuse me for repeating again. But in Revelation chapter 8, an angel stands before a golden altar with a censer in his hand. And it says that he's offering this incense for the prayers of the saints. And out of his right hand, incense comes up, and it's mingled with the prayers that ascend up to God. What does the hand represent in Isaiah 41 and verse 10? It is his right hand of righteousness. The hand of God is righteous. And when you connect it with Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 6, what is righteous in this instance? It is his name. 
And then you come with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and we're looking at verses 13 and 14. John chapter 14, and verses 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Friends, why is it so important to pray in the name of Jesus? Because it is that name that makes our presence brought before God, that He can even hear our prayers. If that is clear, please say amen. amen. The reason why I must talk about this is because there is growing an it's not a movement, but more and more I find that people pray less and less in His name. And I don't want to make it a form, because people say, well, what about the Lord's Prayer? Well, of course, that's the model prayer, but Jesus added more, amen? He said, ask in my name, and I will do it. It is through the name of Jesus that our prayers are ushered into the presence of God. Because if we were to pray without His name, it might hit the ceiling and come right back down. Anything you ask in the name of Jesus, it will be done. Have you ever prayed for a BMW? No? <laughs> You're afraid to ask God? <laughs> of course, when you read verse 13, the Bible says that if you ask... In my name, I will do it that what? The Father may be glorified in the Son. This is the reason why maybe sometimes prayers go unanswered. Not because you haven't prayed in the name of Jesus, yes. But maybe because the Father is not glorified in your prayer. But you know what? You never know. If you never ask, you will never know. Amen? You have to ask big. It's just like how you have to dream big. I've heard the testimony from Brother David Farm many times about Anan. He dreamt big and God gave him a one-acre plot. It's just like when, I, I forgot the names of the, the king where Elisha was about to pass away. And he asked the king to do what? Stab those arrows into the ground, right? Strike it into the ground. And what did that king do? He did it once. He did it what? Twice. And then he did it three times. And Elisha said what? Why did you stop? If you had kept going, you would have destroyed God's enemies by now. God would have given you victory. Friends, sometimes we achieve little because we attempt little. But if you aim high and you ask much from God, even though he might not give you 100%, maybe he'll give you 80. It might be more than the 50% you would have asked. Amen? You have to learn to ask big things from God because his name is more than able to cover every prayer. His name is more than able to answer every prayer. It is through the name of Jesus that blessings come down to us today. Amen? This is the power of God's name. But what is greater? Before we go to a text, I want to bring one more quote up. He virtually says, make use of my name and it will be your passport to the heart of my Father and to all the riches of His grace. Amen? Make use of his name. It's there for you to use. It's there for you to pray in his name. But friends, what is greater than the name of Jesus? Psalms 138. Psalms 138 and verse 2. Psalms 138 and verse 2. The Bible says this. I will worship toward thy holy temple 
and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy what? Thy word above all thy name. Friends, God's name is powerful. God's name is holy. But there's something much more powerful. There is something much more holy. It is what, friends? It is called the Bible. It is called His Word. It is called the Word of God for us today. And yes, friends, the Holy Bible, the very thing that we make so available to people today has become so unholy. You will get no benefit from this book when you sleep on it. But friends, this book is so holy, I do not dare to place another book on top of it. This book is so holy, I dare not allow anything to come above it. Do you know Ellen White talks about that? His word is much more holy than his name. And I want you to come with me to a story found in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And I want to spend time in this story to look at the very two things that we've been looking at this evening. Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 11. Speaking about Paul. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and then the evil spirits went out of them. Paul was such a powerful apostle that when he did not have enough time to go and visit people, the people came to him and he gave them cloths. And as these cloths were distributed to the sick, and I don't know what they did with them, but somewhere along the way they were healed from the cloth. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said that we would do much, much more than this in the last days. But what's amazing is what happened next, verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure thee by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. There were these vagabond Jews. Who were they? Verse 14. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and the chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Rightly so, you laugh, because when I read that, I laughed as well. There were seven sons. They were pastor's kids. They took it upon themselves to go out and cast out devils. And when they heard about the power of Paul and how he did it, they said, we can do it too. We are the son of the chief of the priest. Do you know righteousness is not inherited? You put two righteous people out, comes the devil. Did you know that? And you've got to train that to become a righteous person. Righteousness is not inherited, friends. But these people came to a demon-possessed man. And they said, in the name of what? Jesus. But wait a minute. Didn't we just say that the name of Jesus was powerful? Didn't we just read that when the name of Jesus is mentioned, what happens? Did you forget already? The devil trembles at the name of Jesus. But somewhere along the way, when these men, men came and called upon the name of Jesus, whom Paul preacheth, the devil was not scared. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? 
And I ask the same question this evening, friends. Who are you? Because being called a Seventh-day Adventist is not enough. Just because you're part of the remnant church, it doesn't mean you're going to heaven. It's not salvation by church going. And in fact, the pen of inspiration has very sober messages to write to us as a church today. She says, not one in 20 whose names are registered in the church books are ready to meet the time of the end, to meet that final crisis. What is one in 20, friends? What's one divided by 20? What's that in percentage? It's not a trick question. It's 5%. But she says what? Not. What's that? Less than 5%. What do we have here this evening? 100 people? I don't know how many names are registered in our church books. Less than 5 people are ready for the times of crisis at the end of time. She also says things like, not one in 20 whose names are registered in the, in the church books are registered in the book of life. Did you know that? Just because you know how to call upon the name of Jesus, just because you are associated with a powerful preacher in your church, it doesn't mean anything. Who are you? I am asking you this evening. Who are you? Why do I say this? If you keep your finger there for a second and come with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And starting in verse 21. <clears throat> Matthew 7 verse 21, the Bible says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Have we not prophesied, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Then it says what? Then will I profess unto them, I never what? Knew you. Who are you? this evening. It's not so much whether the devils know you, but does Jesus know you? Does Jesus know who you are? Acts 19, verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the, devil, in the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. What a scary sight. Sounds comical, doesn't it? Devil jumps on them, beat, 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 rips all their clothes off and they run out. I'm glad that's all that happened to them. You know, my constant fear is that if I'm not right with the Lord, the devil will possess me. We live in pretty serious times, friends. Demon possession is live and well. But you have nothing to fear if Jesus knows your name. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. What happened next? And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Amen? Amen. It took a crisis for people to come to Jesus. And I believe that God is the same today, because I believe that people, they don't take God's name in vain by saying the OMG word, but they call on the name of Jesus. They think that they are Christians, but it never reaches the throne of heaven. They take God's name in vain. In what way? They think that they are Christians. They take on the name of Christians. But they don't even know who Jesus is. And Jesus does not 
know them. The name of the Lord, Jesus, was magnified in this instance. And friends, sometimes the Lord allows trials to come that He might correct the spiritual defects in our lives. Amen? Amen. That the name, our name, might be written in heaven. Praise the Lord for those trials then. Praise the Lord that God is still in the business of saving. Amen? As a result of these seven young men, the whole town came together and the name of God was glorified. I don't know whether that was literal fear or not, but if it was and it brought them back to Jesus, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Verse 18. And then the next step was this. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. If you're wondering what it was that they did, how did they show their deeds? Let's continue verse 19. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Tomorrow, AOY will end. We have one, two sermons left after this one. But friends, will the word of God prevail when you go home? Just because you're still praying in the name of Jesus, it doesn't mean that he's with you. Will the word of God continue to grow and prevail in your life? If it won't, if there's something hindering you from growing in his word, maybe it is time to bring out your curious arts and burn them. Do you know God desires to pour his blessing upon each and every one of us? He wants to pour his Holy Spirit upon us so badly. But he can't because we're not ready. He knows that if he pours the latter rain out right now, many in our church, in our denomination, will be lost. And so he's waiting. He's waiting for us to give everything, everything, curious arts. I'm convinced that people are unwilling to part with their goods. I find it everywhere. In Taiwan, I gave a whole series of studies in Daniel. And one of my young people, he confessed. Daniel chapter 3, about music. He understood it. It was clear. But he had all these worldly CD albums that were signed by the stars themselves. And he didn't want to let it go. In some homes, maybe even amongst us here, the TV is sending your children to hell. You need to burn it. Maybe you need to throw the iPad out. Are you with me? Twelve years ago, when I quit movies, I was still watching TV. It was not my TV. It was my parents. Children, please, don't destroy your TV if it's not yours. <laughs> I don't know what will happen. I was too scared to do anything, so I covered it with a cloth. We had a missionary come in and teach us the Bible for a month and a half. He stayed in my room, and he was in our house, and he was teaching the Bible, and, and I just felt a bit embarrassed, so I just covered the TV. And it remained covered for good. 
But as I began to, as the Lord began to clean out my life, I love to read these fantasy books, dragons and wizards, and I decided to throw it out. I finally figured out it was content not worth or fit for a Christian to read. Why should you burn it out? Burn it? Because when you throw it out, someone might, someone might walk along and pick it up. Because exact, that's exactly what happened with my books. I threw it out that evening. I came out. The box was gone the next day. Burn the things you need to burn, friends. Because you might be calling on the name of the Lord you might be wanting to change and doing a good deed and wanting the best, not just for yourself, but for your loved ones, for the community, for your church. And you're calling on the name of the Lord, but He's not answering and you're not having victory. Because you have curious arts at home. Brothers and sisters, what do you need to burn when you get home on Sunday? I'm not asking you to pack it away. I'm asking you to destroy it. I'm not asking you to just, Lord, give me the willpower to overcome this. If it is making you fall, get rid of it. It's that simple. If you are watching pornography on your laptop, destroy it and get a desktop and put it in, a, in another room. Are you with me? If thy right hand offend thee, do what? Cut it off. If your right eye offend thee, what should you do? Pluck it out. If your right foot offends thee, what should you do? Make it difficult to live this life. You still need to use a computer. Okay, I understand. We live in a digital age. But make it inconvenient for yourself to sin. Even if it is at the expense of you living your life. Are you with me? That the word of God may prevail. Too many times... People come to these conferences, they hear the great message, they agree with the Word of God, and they go home back to their old life. Friends, I want you to decide now before you go home. I want you to purpose in your heart now before you go back and are tempted with a thousand devils. List out what needs to go destroy it. Oh, but I, I need my iPad. I can't just throw it away. I got to just delete the app. Okay, delete the app. Change the password and give it to somebody so that you don't know it. Accountability. Friends, make it inconvenient for yourself to sin. Because it will not matter how many times you call upon the name of the Lord. He will not hear. He will not listen. When you read this passage, nobody went out and preached the sermon saying, okay, who needs to change? The whole town came out. They knew what they needed to get rid of. They knew. Do you know how much is 50,000 pieces of silver? Do you know? Do you know how much they were paid one day's wage? Do you know how much it was? One penny. Okay, let's assume, for the sake of calculation, that's one penny of silver, okay? How much is that today? I'm used to using U.S. dollars, but what is the average daily salary of a Malaysian? Tell me. And then times about 50,000. How much is that? What's the daily average salary? 100 ringgit? So little? Really? That's very little. I'm surprised. Pasta pay? Okay, thank you, Pasta Leon. <laughs> <laughs> 
100 ringgit. What's that? Five million. 50,000 times 100, right? Math was the only subject I passed in high school. It's the only thing that I can fall back on today. Five million ringgit. Is your TV worth five million ringgit? Is your car worth five million ringgit? I'm not asking you to throw your car away. I'm just trying to value things here. Is your house worth five million ringgit? Maybe some are. What I'm trying to say is, look, you have nothing so valuable as to keep it. Are you with me? You don't have anything that is really of worth any value that you, you should be struggling with this. Why? Because Jesus is worth much more than that. The things that we value on this earth, we're going to be walking on in heaven. God makes the gate out of pearl, for crying out loud. You're going to be walking on streets of gold. And I guarantee you, I am not going to wake up in the middle of the night. Of course, there's no night there. But for the sake of the illustration, please follow with me. I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night finding somebody stealing my gold footpath. Right? The things that are of value here mean nothing to God up there. What can you give? This morning I asked, are you willing to give everything? This evening, I am asking, are you willing to give all your sins, even though they be valuable? Are you willing to throw it away, to destroy it? And maybe even this evening, you have brought it here with you to the youth conference. Could it be that's a reason why the Holy Spirit is not being poured out upon us? Brothers and sisters, what do you need to give to Jesus this evening? The sin belongs to Him. He died for it. It does not belong to you. You belong to Him. Everything we have belongs to Him. Why don't you throw it away? Give it up. I'm going to ask Joy to come up here. Prepare for a special music. As you listen to the words of this song, I want you to think about our Savior, Jesus. He paid the price. I'm not asking you to die this evening. I think you will live without a TV, amen? I think you will survive without your laptop, amen? I'm not asking you to kill yourself. I'm asking you to give up the things that you know should not be in your home and your life this evening, please.
Do you know what the song calls our treasures? Ashes. Friends, the valuables that we have in this world cannot compare to anything, anything, what Jesus can give us. The sacrifice might seem great for you, yes. The more treasures we have, the harder it is to let go. Isn't that true? But friends, what is more valuable than Jesus for you today? What is more valuable than eternal life and eternal glory with Jesus? Do you love him? How much? More than your books? More than your phone? More than your computer? I don't know what it is that's stopping you from obeying Jesus this evening. I don't know what is stopping you from having power in your life as a Christian today. But I believe you know it. I believe that God has already revealed it to you. He's waiting for you to make that decision. There's something in your home, in your room, in your life, physically. I'm not talking about you needing to forgive somebody. Yes, that's important. But I'm talking about some physical object in your life that is causing you to constantly stumble. Causing you to fall short of receiving those blessings that God wants to pour out in our lives today. This evening, I don't know if you have it here. If you have it, come. Give it to me. I will burn it for you. I will not go and sell it and make money for myself since you know how much I earn now. I'll destroy it for you. But if you don't have it here with you and you know it's sitting there in your home and you need to go back and destroy it, I want you to purpose in your heart this evening. Brothers and sisters, do you... Do you really love Jesus? Just, just stand if you do. Stand if you love Jesus. But this is my last appeal for you for this conference. And it's a very simple appeal. As you've been listening to this sermon, as you've seen the deeds of this people in this town, You realize somewhere in your life, in your home, something needs to change. And tonight, right now, no emotions evolved, involved. No reasoning. Maybe you've been going back and forth even for a, a few days or a few weeks or a few months. But tonight is the night. It needs to go. And you're telling the Lord, I'm going to purpose in my heart. I'm going to make a firm decision that when I get home on Sunday, or when I get home tonight, or when I get home by Monday, or wherever it is, something in that house of mine needs to go in the trash. Why? 
because I want Jesus. I want Jesus. And I want him to abide with me. I want to understand the Bible. I want to make sure that that word of God that I've been listening through, to, through, through these past few days is going to remain with me. That it's not going to be taken out of my heart when I step into the door of my home. But it needs to go. Friends, if that's you, come forward. I want to pray for you. Because the warfare with sin is not an easy one. The devil does not let go of his captives so easily. But I know that we have a Savior who is mighty to save. And He will help. He will help us to keep our decision that when we get home, He will give us the power to destroy whatever needs to be destroyed. Come forward. Is there anybody else? You're telling the Lord. You're not telling your friends. These people here are not wondering what is going on in your life. We have enough challenges of sin to deal with, to worry about anybody else, amen? amen. But we're going to pray earnestly this evening that our decision will be a true decision. That this time that we have taken to come forward will give us the power to overcome. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody else? Make this decision now, friends, before it's too late. Because you don't know what tomorrow will hold. If you have unconfessed sins in your life, friends, your name is not in the book of life. Do not make this time that you've taken to spend here at this conference go all to waste. Make it count for yourself and for your loved ones and maybe for your children. Friends, who else needs to make a decision for Jesus this evening? Come. I know the aisle is full there, but just come out to the side. There needs to be some sort of movement. Because sometimes we make the decision in our mind, but that's so easy. To make the decision to move your feet is a little bit harder. Is there anybody else? Come. Come. You're telling Jesus tonight, you are a changed man and woman. You're telling the devil tonight, you have no part with me anymore. We are going different direction. And we're only able to do that by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And that's why we're going to pray. Is there anybody else? Come. Come before it's too late. Come before it's too late. God bless you. God bless you. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you for being so patient with us. From heaven, you've seen all our faults. From your throne of glory, Lord, you've looked down. And though it pains you so much to see us in sin, you're still so patient. You're still giving us time, Lord. Thank you. And Father, this evening, my dear brothers and sisters have come forward because they want to have a different lifestyle. 
They've made a decision in their heart that something in their home needs to go. Lord, they want no part with the devil. But Lord, I know that the devil does not let go of people so easily. And so in the name of Jesus, our Savior, please come down and strengthen our decision. It is in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we pray that you would strengthen our mind. And it is in the name of Jesus that you would set us free from the prison that we have enslaved ourselves in. Lord, please help us to be different. Help your word to grow in our lives. Help us not to return back to our old life, the same we came in here. Father, please, grant us your Holy Spirit this evening. I know and I believe that every decision here is sincere. And Lord, maybe there are some there that have not come forward. They're struggling in their heart. They're trying to reason it out. Lord, but how can these things be? Lord, please convict them and show them what needs to go in their life as well. Father, I pray that nothing in this world would weigh us down, that we come short of eternal life at the end of time. May you please continue to convict us, to lead us and guide us with your Spirit, that when we hear your still, small voice, Lord, that you won't have to use trials to change us, but that your still small voice would change us today. Please, Lord, come and abide with us, we pray. In the saving name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.